Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 11 of Oral Presentations. I think we're going to call this one uh, Man's Discovery of Electricity from 1703 to 1810. That's going to be a long as fuck title. Uh, I don't know. That's what this is, though. This is going to be the history. We're going to go from the time period where people thought, oh, fuck, lightning, watch out, to... The invention of the electric battery. Now, I landed on this topic because here's this week's episode was supposed to be electromagnetism. I wanted to go big game hunting because last week was DB Cooper and I did a bunch of like research on things that I thought were going on in there. And then right at the very end, before I was going to tape, I just started laughing at myself. And then the actual episode came out. Real loose and fun and just kind of making fun of myself and shit. And I had a great time. But as, as like a, a snapback from how loose that one was, I wanted to do one that was like a difficult topic for me. Honestly, I count marsupials as my first episode nine marsupials. What's going on in that pouch? Uh, as my first science episode. And so this one was going to be my second science episode. And I thought electromagnetism was only going to be like a step up. From marsupials, what's going on with that pouch? It turns out, dude, I started looking into electromagnetism. And here's the thing. I was watching a thing on it, and it got to the point where electricity and magnetism have an interplay between them. And that's when I knew that my brain was exploding and I turned it off. But that's why I wanted to pick electromagnetism because I saw the exact point where I was like, fuck this, dude. I give up on this. And then I was like, all right, well, maybe we can actually do electromagnetism. Because in my head at the time, I was like, we definitely know electricity, you know, and uh, I can learn magnetism. And then the actual challenge will be explaining the interplay between them on the episode. And that will be the second step up uh, in science episodes. So I'll be ready to tackle a different because secretly there is a science topic that beat the dog shit out of me. On like December 22nd, it was right before I did the Princess Diana episode. There is, I do have a, like a Moby Dick white whale science topic out there that's making, <laughs> that's talking shit to me because I still can't do it. So the, my plan is, or I mean, it still is, but it definitely was to pyramid up from like marsupials, electromagnetism, and then that topic that beat me in December. And then that would be like, I'd be happy that I finally took another whack at that topic that already beat me once and I got it done. The problem is, dude. When I started working on electromagnetism, I realized that, like, man, are you overestimating your ability to know anything about electricity? <laughs> like, even the start, the first part, the, just the electric part, the actual technical, how electricity works, no fucking idea. So I had to try to look into that. And then I realized that that's so difficult for me to even understand that I tried to learn the narrative of how all these innovations happened and that I could kind of get a handle on. And that's what this episode is going to be. But the technical side of how electricity works to the best of my ability is going to be a second episode this week. That's going to be a supplemental episode about how electricity actually works. I just felt like I couldn't tell the story of all these dudes inventing shit well and then also have the confidence to put in the technical side of how electricity works in the same episode without i mean even that 
seemed like a huge challenge to me. So I'm going to break it up. This is going to be the discovery of electricity from completely everybody thinks God just makes lightning into we have a battery, which then paves the way for chemistry and physics and uh, industrial processing as we move forward. So that's why this episode is such a strange pick of a title and timeline of like the discovery of electricity from 1703 to 1810. So that's how we landed on it, a series of realizing how much I really don't know and then having to boil it down and boil it down and go down and go down and go down and just be like, all right, well, fuck it. I'll at least learn this part. And then maybe in a future episode, I'll try to do magnetism. And then in a future episode, I can do electromagnetism. And then that'll be my technically, technically the second step of my science pyramid. And then I can start looking at that other topic that beat the fucking shit out of me in December and start figuring out what I got to learn to be able to explain that. So this is, this is the secret agent setting of my GoldenEye podcast, Science Avenue. So uh, marsupials, what's going on with that pouch was agent. This is... I mean, electromagnetism, which will eventually be three episodes, will be the second level secret agent. And then that other topic is definitely 007. That is, that is a tough one. All right, so let's get going on this. Electricity. So as, a, as I've covered, uh, 1703, uh, whole world is just like, we don't know what the fuck. Light, every now and then lightning kills somebody, and it's the craziest shit we've ever seen. I don't know what the fuck that is. All right, so 1703, our story begins. Isaac Newton the Isaac Newton that everybody's heard about is in this story, right? So, okay, so Isaac Newton takes over Cambridge in 1703. And the reason he wasn't running Cambridge before is because Isaac Newton came down to Cambridge when he was like 16, he was real young, and like he was hanging out, but everybody bullied him. And they were like, you fucking suck because he didn't want to party or anything. He just wanted to like hang out and do science and people at Cambridge are getting fucked up, partying, everybody's on Tinder, whatever. And Isaac Newton's like, this isn't my world, I gotta go. So he fucking went back home for like two years. Everybody gets the Black Plague in Cambridge when this happens. And then Isaac Newton goes up north where he's just chilling by himself. He invents calculus, <laughs> just out of nowhere, doesn't tell anybody. Just invents calculus. He also invented light refraction up there when he was just alone by himself. And then he eventually comes back down to Cambridge in 1703. Because one of the dudes who was really fucking with him, a guy named Robert Hooke, which I think is funny that this guy's only remembered in history for fucking dying and letting Isaac Newton be comfortable coming back to Cambridge to be able to further scientific knowledge. So Robert Hooke fucking dies. It's 1703. Newton comes back and he's like, nice, dude, now I can run this shit. So Newton is put in charge of what's known as the Royal Society at Cambridge, which is kind of like where everybody shows their best scientific experiments and sees what's good and what's not. And so when Newton takes over, he kicks everybody the fuck out. He didn't like any of those people. Those are all Robert Hooke's people. Newton puts in all his people. And as I understand it, science at Cambridge, when this is going on, is kind of like just an open mic where like Newton has his scientists in place he know like his crew's there and then i don't know once a month whenever else once a week whenever you got something everybody gets together in one of those big rooms that you see in sherlock holmes where the like, there's a table in the middle and then like a bunch of seats going up you've seen these in in like movies of this time period it's where they do like medical dissections and shit they get in one of those rooms and then all of the scientists underneath newton will go up and like do their five minutes or what would equate to do their science experiment and see what the crowd thinks of it, right? 
it's pretty fun. So there's this one scientist underneath Newton named Francis Hawksby. So this dude, and this is the first electronic invention. So Francis Hawksby goes to this like science open mic that Isaac Newton's running. They call his name and he's like, here's my shot. I'm going to show him my stuff. Right? So Francis Hawksby goes up there and he makes what is known as the Hawksby, uh, Hawksby device. So what this looks like is this is a glass orb and it's on like a rod that you can spin with a hand crank. And because the invention of a vacuum was made, Hawksby uses a vacuum to suck all the air out of that glass orb that he's spinning around with that hand crank. And in doing that, they blow out all the fucking candles. He's, people are like, dude, this bit better work. This is a lot of fucking, this is a lot of setup for this bit to work. We'll blow out all the candles, but this, this joke better not suck. So they, they blow out all the candles. Hawksby cranks the thing. He has the air vacuum sucked out of the fucking orb. And as he's cranking it, he puts his hand on the glass orb and a blue electric glow appears on the orb. Dude, this bit fucking crushes. Everybody's like, holy fucking shit, dude. This guy, this guy wasn't lying when he told us to blow the candles out, dude. This guy had a closer ready. Everybody's like, holy fuck. Because up until now, electricity is just, it's just lightning from the sky that'll kill people. And not a whole lot of people live past getting hit by it to be able to talk about it. So every now and then, like, lightning will just fuck up a tree, you see. And people are like, oh my, oh my fuck, I gotta go pray more. So it doesn't happen to me. When Hawksby does this, it's the first time that you see electrical energy produced by anything except for the clouds. It, this bit crushes, right? Everybody's like, holy fuck, dude. Presses Newton. Francis Hawksby feels great about himself. Thing is, it's such a weird bit. It's such a weird thing that science doesn't really pick up on it. Because Hawksby doesn't really know why it works. Which is a through line through this whole series of inventions that build the technology towards the battery. People will do experiments with electricity, but they don't know why it works. They can't tell you why it works. They just are trying shit, and then it's doing shit, and then they're using the shit that other guys did to try new shit, which does different shit. And they don't really worry about, like, well, I don't really know why this works, but if I find out why it works, great. But if not, I'm just going to keep trying this other stuff because this, whatever this electric energy is, it's pretty cool. And they, act, they called it electric fire at one point. All right, so Hawksby does his device. Everybody's impressed with it. Science doesn't really pick up on it, though. The people who do pick up on it are magicians. Insert magicians, dude. So street magicians see this device, and they're like, all right, I could definitely make some fucking money off this. Oh, by the way, Hawksby's device, if you didn't understand the description of that, picture, you know those uh, glass balls they sell at Spencer Gifts? If you if you're not in America, I don't know if they have Spencer's gifts in like Australia or fucking wherever else you are. But in America, there's a place called Spencer's Gifts, and they sell big glass orbs that you plug in, and you put your hand on them, and then electricity goes to your hand. So that's more or less what a Hawksby device is. That could be hooked up to other shit to transfer the electricity. But moving forward in this podcast, Hawksby device, Spencer's gift ball, interchangeable terminology. All right, so magicians get a hold of this fucking Spencer's gift ball, and they're like, we can do something with this. I can make some money off this. I'm going to go do tricks with it. So street magicians go into, like, they get booked for parties at the aristocracy, and they use this electrical energy technology from the Hawksby device to crush private shows, dude. Private gigs are paying out. And some of the tricks they did, like, they would, uh, they would like, rub uh, 
Uh, they would charge themselves up using the Spencer's Gift Ball Hawksby device. They'd have their hand on it. And they would charge themselves up. And then they'd go around a dinner table and just fucking like poke people in the neck and shock them. And everybody would be like, oh, incredible. And then this one magician's closer was that he would put his hand on a Hawksby device and charge himself up by cranking it. And then he would have cognac in a, a, a glass in the center of the table. And then he would get his finger close to it. And then the spark from his finger would light that drink on fire. Which is a great closer if you're at a dinner party and you don't understand any of this shit's going on. You're just like, this guy's fucking, this guy half clouds. He just fucking lit that with lightning from his finger. This guy's worth every penny. Love this dude. So magicians, and actually magicians started calling themselves electricians, which I, I really like. And I, I know a couple of electricians. I think it would be really funny if they, if like an electrician showed up to fix your shit one day in like a top hat and a cape, like he was throw, he was wearing like a throwback jersey. Like every now and then the Phillies will wear like old old school jerseys. Just shows up I'm like, yep, this is my heritage, dude. Electricians, what's up? Here your lights don't work. How are you? Ah, I thought that would be fun. Oh, but one of the experiments that they do. Um, okay, so one of the magician's experiments, he would hook up. It looks like a swing set. And he would have two swings, more or less, hanging down using silk rope to support the swings. And this one dude did this experiment at an orphanage. So he got an orphan boy who was already probably pretty sad because he didn't have any parents. And he, he put them on the swings belly down. So the kids on the swings belly down. And then uh, with silk, which is important, silk rope is suspending those swings. And then he's got a plate with gold flakes on it in front of the orphan. And so then he uh, connects a rod to the orphan boy, and the rod is connected to one of those Spencer gift balls, Hawksby devices. So the trick was the dude, and I believe his name was Stephen Gray. So he would, Stephen Gray would crank that Hawksby device to charge up the orphan boy using the connecting rod, and then the orphan boy would put his hand above the gold flake and some of the gold flake would come up off the plate towards the boy's hand because he was charged up with static electricity. So, and this experiment was important because what it taught Stephen Gray was that electricity, whatever the fuck it is, can move through some things, but not through other things because the electricity would go from the Spencer's gift ball into the orphan into the orphan's hand, pick up the fucking gold flake, trick's awesome, but it wouldn't go up the ropes, the silk ropes. So Stephen Gray was like, all right, well then I'm going to divide the world into two separate categories of shit. There's going to be, I'm going to call one of them insulators, which is like the silk rope, because electricity, it doesn't give away or take electricity easy. So I'm going to call those types of things insulators. And then I'm going to call the other types of things conductors, which is like that boy, the orphan boy is a conductor. The Hawksby device, the rod, the connecting rod that I used, it's, it's conductive. It's metal, right? And that's actually – and that was a huge revelation. Again, you don't understand – they don't understand what the fuck electricity is, but they're learning pieces about it. It's like you didn't capture – like the a Bigfoot, but you found a footprint or some hair or some other that. So like you don't have you don't really know what the fuck this thing is, but you're learning more about it as we go along. This brings us to a Dutch dude named Peter Van Moochenbroek. Moochenbroek? Fuck that up. Dutch dude Peter Van Moochenbroek. But you get it. All right, so he invented he lived in a town called Leiden in Holland, all right? So what Mushenbrook did, he was like, he was, he was, uh, Mushenbrook was also raised rich, 
like unlike a lot of these other dudes like Mushenbrook, like the the people making the discoveries up until now like the guy at cambridge is pretty well off but like a lot of these like street magicians were poor as fuck just figuring out electric technology to be able to do gigs and make money Mushenbrook is a real scientist he comes from like a, a good family got a lot of money now one day he's looking at a river and he's like all right well if electricity is like a liquid like we all think it is and he's looking at a river and he's like all right well maybe i can like put some of that into a jar the way you could put like some of this river water into a jar and like store it i think i'm gonna i'm gonna give that a whack which i love how dumb that i love how fucking dumb that logic is and what it leads to like the guy the guy definitely I don't think he told his friends about that theory because it would have been embarrassing to be like, yo, so you know rivers and le- like a river water flow and electricity? I'm going to try a jar. Like he kept that to himself until he fucking figured it out. I love how dumb that is. But what it leads to, like you're just like, yeah, I, I think this might be it, whatever. So Moochenbrook is like, all right, cool. He gets a glass jar and he puts some river water in it. right? And then he hooks up one of those Spencer gift balls a Huxby device, he uses a wire, he puts that in the fucking jar that's got the river water in it, and he uh, has the wire go down into the water, right? And then he places the jar with the water and the wire from the fucking Spencer's gift ball on top of an insulator plate, something that's known not to conduct electricity, which they learned from that orphan boy experiment. So now there's categorized, there's science can be more precise, even this really loosey-goosey kind of way because at least they have they know what types of materials do what with electricity so he puts this fucking jar with the river water and the wire in it on top of an insulator plate cranks the hawksby device and it doesn't really work what he wants to do his aim is can i trap electricity in this fucking thing and store it here can it can, can this can this work what is going on here so he's cranking it. he's like i don't know what the fuck i'm doing this is so i'm so, uh, fucking I'm just glad I didn't tell my friends about this. It's fucking embarrassing. Right? So one day he's like lazy. He's not really paying attention to what he's doing. And he picks the jar up and then cranks the Hawksby device. And he's just like, oh, I fucking should have went to law school. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Right? And then so after he cranks it up, he then touches the top of the jar. And dude, it shocks him so fucking bad. Dude, he almost shits his jeans, dude. It shocks him so bad. That like and he and I only know that because he writes down in his journal like dude like all right I found out you gotta hold it in your hand it's a terrible experiment you gotta take my word for it please don't do this yourself I almost shit my jeans <laughs> but he figures it out he figures out a way that like he doesn't know why it works but if you hold it in your fucking hand and then you charge it up don't touch the top of it because it, it somehow we found a way to store a really strong electrical charge in there. And this is, this is a big deal. This is a Leiden jar. It's the invention of what would later become known as the Leiden jar. And even back, ne- back then in the 1700s, this is such big news that it goes out wide to the world. People are like, holy fucking shit, dude. Oh, my God. We've gone from lightning, and now this guy can make a thing that will shock you so bad you might shit your jeans. Wow. It's huge popular. Muschenbrook's like really popular and famous after this. This brings us to 1752, man after my heart, hometown, Philadelphia man himself, Ben Franklin, enters the picture. Now, Ben Franklin, uh, it's 1752, 
He's uh, done a number of experiments and stuff, but he's really, really fascinated with electricity because Ben Franklin in his heart believes, all right, so I'm, I'm from America. We believe in democracy over here. We don't fuck with this European shit with monarchies and all this other shit. We believe in equality, democracy. I think that electricity should be for everybody. It shouldn't just be for the aristocracy and like the academics to fuck with. I feel like electricity should be everybody's because, you know, I believe in democracy and, and uh, egalitarian values that everything should be, you should be, you do. It's, it's lightning energy it, with or without God. We don't know, but it's for everybody. We should figure this out and give it to everybody. I'm going to fucking work on it. And that attitude pisses off a lot of people in Europe. A lot of people in Europe already don't like Ben Franklin because he's American, and they definitely don't like him because he's talking about this fucking equal technological rights for all people, egalitarianism shit. They're like, yo, shut the fuck up with that. Also, I'll put a sidebar in here for the word egalitarianism. I'm not just going to throw that out there like I fucking knew that already, okay? So I heard that word egalitarianism in uh, in Goodwill Hunting, if you watch that movie, when uh, Matt Damon... Uh, is in that bar scene and then that dude's gonna be a dick and then he goes up to him and like he one-ups his intelligence where he says like yeah egalitarian uh, that's the first time i remember hearing it so i was looking into this they mentioned that that was like ben franklin that so then i googled what that word meant to make sure that i could use it on this podcast correctly so yo take home word for anybody listening to this hit somebody you know with like egalitarianism or egalitarian it just means for everybody it means like equal for everybody i believe in everybody getting it so like if bar brings in pretzels on tuesday and somebody's like yo bar brought in pretzels they're in the break room they're for everybody you know make eye contact with your boss and be like man that was very egalitarian of her huh <laughs> and see see what the fuck he says <laughs> he's not gonna be able to if you if you listen to this you know what that word means now and so, like, he's not going to have more knowledge about the word, the word egalitarianism than you. So just hit him with that and see what the fuck he says, dude. That would be fun. I, I mean, I'm not telling you how to live your life, but I'm just admitting that, like, I didn't know that word before I did all this research. So, I mean, who the fuck would I be to be like, Ben Franklin's very egal, and then act like I knew that shit? Fuck no. Anyway, so Ben Franklin enters the picture. And everybody, uh, if you know about Ben Franklin electricity, you probably know about that kite experiment where he flew a kite in a storm with a key on it and then it hit the fucking thing and then that did i mean that's uh that probably didn't happen that's like a popular myth about ben franklin the actual experiment that you know really blew everybody's dicks away was this thing that happened in france so ben franklin was like look i think i think lightning whatever this is i think the sky electricity is the same shit that comes out of leiden jars that's my theory on this. I don't think that it's some sort of myst mystical thing. And how I'm going to prove that, I'm going to set up a long-ass metal pole. We're going to have, like, a structure to hold it up. We're going to set up a huge metal pole, and we're going to put an empty wine jar in the bottom of it with some water. And then we're going to wait for a storm, and then that fucking thing's going to get hit by lightning. And if the charge stays in the wine bottle, then all I've done is use the sky as one of those really big Spencer Gifts balls. Because all it is, the same electricity coming down into this fucking wine jar. So in doing so, I will prove that sky lightning, same thing as lightning from the Leiden jar, or electricity from the lighting jar, from the Leiden jar. So he does this, and it works. 
So the that pole gets hit by fucking lightning. Everybody's like, holy shit. And then an assistant runs out to like check the, the wine bottle. And his the assistant's hand, poor fucking apprentice, dude. Assistant's hand goes up and like gets close to the metal pole where it enters the wine jar. And it gets burnt to shit. <laughs> like it gets fucking blackened. Dude, that guy's hand got fucked up. Which is very sad. Uh, you know, it's a very sad thing to happen to somebody. But what it did was prove Ben Franklin right. It proved him right. And everybody gets pissed at this. Everybody's so mad at Ben Franklin. They already hate him because he's American and he's just being open and honest with how he feels about how the world should be run. And now Ben Franklin has more or less committed heresy because the church is fucking huge at this time. That's a whole underlying theme of this that, like, the church is on the fence about any of this shit, about even asking questions or looking into lightning or electricity at all because a lot of people are like, Dude, that's God's universe. You don't fuck with that. You don't ask any questions. We're living in it. We should just be grateful you're fucking here. Stop asking questions about this. And Ben Franklin's like, nah, look, if this is all God's universe and I'm God's creature, why the fuck would he make me to be able to ask questions about this shit to figure it out? You know? So I feel like that's, I'm still living in a godly kind of way, but I just want to kind of figure some shit out so maybe everybody could have lights. You know what I'm saying? What the fuck's wrong with that? Which is a reasonable argument, but everybody in Europe hates him. And I would bet they probably hate him because he's American and he's fucking crushing it. He just made this huge discovery. And they're like, oh, we don't like it, dude. But this explains the Leiden jar. Ben Franklin also explained the Leiden jar as far as why when you pick it up, it works. Listen to this shit, dude. Ben Franklin was so goddamn swift. So he figured out that it worked when you picked it up off that insulator plate. Okay, so this worked when you crank the Hawksby machine, right? And it's got that wire that goes into the jar, into that disgusting pond water that that guy was looking at. When you crank it and it's on the insulator plate, not a whole lot of negative electronical <laughs> electron negative electric energy. You got to give me a break on this. This topic is very difficult for me. I think I've already stated on this podcast that I'm very easily tricked by magic. So like we are we are out on a limb here, right? So Ben Franklin finds out um, the Leiden jar works because when you pick it up off that insulator plate and then you crank that Hawksby machine, it will pull in negative electronic energy quicker than if it was on the insulator plate because as you have it up in your hand off that plate, the electric energy inside that pond water is trying to match the energy from your hand that is getting sucked out of the ground. So when you hold it up, because nature always wants to balance itself. So that Hawksby machine is throwing negative electric energy into the pond water, and your body is showing it a lot of positive energy from the fucking ground and from your body through that glass divider. So when you pick it up, that Hawksby machine is throwing way more electric energy into that fucking pond water, which is making it a much stronger charge as opposed to if you just had it on an insulator plate. That Hawksby machine isn't going to give a whole lot of negative energy because it's on an insulator plate and there's nothing that the electric energy has to try to match because positive and electric forces, uh, positive and negative electrical energy try to balance itself out because nature wants balance. Man, I hope that made sense because right at the end, I felt I was like in my head, like, dude, you are doing it. You are, <laughs> you are doing it. You are explaining this. Okay, that's all the technical. That's the most I'm going to try to take a technical whack at this subject while I'm while I'm explaining the story of the discoveries that led to the battery. But there will be a supplemental episode where hopefully it sounds better than that. 
me trying to explain electric energy and the positive and negative balancing out according to nature. Right? But, okay, so Ben Franklin explains the fucking Leiden jar, no doubt, much better than I just did. This brings us to 1773 with a man named Henry Cavendish. Now, this dude hated pictures. <laughs> he was rich his whole life. There's only one drawing of him, and the artist who drew it like knew what his coat looked like from seeing it around and then like drew his face from memory. This guy hated pictures. All right, so this guy hears about this type of fish. It's a torpedo fish that apparently sailors are like, dude, if you throw this on somebody, it'll fucking shock them, and it's really funny. It's, a, it's like an electric eel-type fish that, that has its own electric current to it. But at the time, people don't know whether it's electricity or they're like, maybe it just bites you. We don't know what the fuck this thing is. But either way, we know if you throw it on somebody else on the boat, it's really funny. So Henry Cavendish is like, I got to look into this fish, dude. So Henry Cavendish goes and gets a torpedo fish, and he feels it. And then he also gets a letter from his buddy who, who gets one before he ever touches one. And he's like, dude, I got shocked by one of these things. I'm telling you, it's fucking electricity. You got to look into this. So Henry Cavendish is like, all right, I'll check it out. So he goes and gets one of these, gets shocked by it. And he's like, fuck, that's definitely electricity. God damn, did that hurt. But why is there no spark? Leiden jars, they're sparks. Lightning, they're sparks. How the fuck am I getting shocked here? There's no spark, but this is definitely electricity, dude. My teeth are zizzing. This fish is fucking in a bad mood. So what Henry Cavendish figures out, or what he says, is that electricity can be broken down into like regular electricity, which is Leiden jar and lightning from the sky, and then there's a separate type of electricity called animal electricity, and that's things like the torpedo fish or electric eel, shit like that. And he says that all all animals have an innate amount of electricity in them that's a separate different type of electricity. So he kind of misses the mark on that, but, uh, but he also makes the distinction of like, okay, well, the reason that there's no fucking spark when this thing shocks me and I'm uncomfortable and it hurts <laughs> is, uh, is because electricity can be further broken down into two different types. There's the amount of electricity and then there's the intensity of electricity. Now Cavendish decides to call the amount of electricity, the charge and the intensity of the electricity, the voltage, or potential difference is what it's also known as these days. But Cavendish is like, yo, voltage. And so he explains that the Leiden jar has a spark because in his mind it has high voltage and low charge. And the tor torpedo fish does not because it has high charge and low voltage. Now all of this is like pretty controversial because there's not a whole lot of proof to back it up. But it's interesting shit. And scientists go on to argue about this for the next couple of decades. They're just fucking screaming at each other. They're not listening to each other. They're not really trying to like figure the problem out. They're just like, fucking, that ain't real. Marsupials don't have electricity in them. <laughs> Sometimes, some people are mad. Also, Cavendish opens up the possibility of continuous electricity is possible. Because a Leiden jar will shock you, but then you got to recharge it. Cavendish is like, this fish can shock you 24-7, trust me. <laughs> I've been licking it. It's tough. <laughs> Continuous electricity is possible. So those are the two innovations from Henry Cavendish moving forward. So Cavendish is like there's animal and there's regular, and that breaks down into charge and voltage based upon the amount and the intensity. 
but that's all I can do for you. And also, uh, I'm pretty sure continuous electricity is possible because this torpedo fish will shock me at all hours of the day. Trust me. This brings us to 1759, and we are in Italy. And this is going to solve the debate between animal electricity and regular electricity, where it's like, what the fuck? What is going on here? So this is done between a rivalry of two Italian dudes who are arguing over something other than trying to fuck each other's girlfriends. Uh, there's two dudes in Italy. Um, one is named Luigi Giovanni, uh, Galvani, and one is named Alessandro Volta. Now, Galvani lives in the city of Bologna, and he is a great scientist, but the thing that kind of dooms him in this rivalry, spoiler alert, is that he is very devoutly religious. He believes in that, the thing that everybody else in Europe was like, oh, God, don't ask about it. And like Galvani kind of gives him a pass to investigate electricity, but he's investigating it under the cloak of like, this is God's work, and uh, I'm going to prove that at that, Cavendish was correct in animal electricity because God gives all animals electricity. I'm just doing God's work down here. I'm going to prove him right. I can't wait. So Galvani does this. He's already fucking around with electricity. Like he's shocking paralyzed dudes to make their arms move and stuff. Like he's, he's already had a couple good albums. You know, he's had a couple big hits here. He's shocking paralyzed guys. People are impressed with him. Uh, but his big experiment is that he hooks up. He has a dead frog. He fucking skins the thing, and then he gets one of those Spencer Gifts balls, and then two pieces of metal, uh, and then he touches the skinned frog with the two pieces of metal that are hooked up to the Spencer's Gift ball, and then it makes the frog's leg move. And Galvani says, this is proof of animal electricity. This is proof of God's work. I'm the man. And Alessandro Volta is a different type of dude than Galvani. He doesn't live in the same city. He's about 150 miles away. He's also a very good scientist, but he's more like a Ben Franklin type where, like, he's wild as shit. He gets fucked up. He's got a bunch of chicks. He's got a bunch of girlfriends going at the same time. He does all his electrical experiments on the road, dude. This guy's partying. Alexander Volta, fun guy, right? So Galvani does this frog thing with the Spencer's gift ball. It's like, animal electricity is totally real, and Alessandro Volta from like 150 miles away in the city is like, dude, shut the fuck off. <laughs> that ain't fucking real. Volta's like, dude, that's such fucking bullshit. It's just coming off that fucking Spencer's gift ball. You're putting the Spencer's gift ball electricity into this goddamn frog. You're full of shit over there, dude. Yo, look up my tour dates. Don't worry about it. I'm, I'm, I'm living life down here. And this pisses off Galvani. This is like an actual rivalry because it's public. Uh, Galvani's like, I hate that motherfucker. <laughs> Right, so Galvani goes, and he's like, all right, well, then I'll do it without the Spencer's gift ball. Don't worry about it. So then he has a skinned frog, and he hangs it on a copper wire, I believe. Or no, I think it was an iron hook. He hangs a frog on an iron hook skinned, and then he has another wire, and he pokes the same part of the frog that he, that he did before when it was hooked up to the Hawksby device, a.k.a. Spencer's gift ball. He pokes the exact same thing, but there's no Spencer's gift ball now. It's just two wires. It's the wire that's hanging the frog and the wire that he's holding, and he touches the same spot, and the frog's fucking leg moves again. And this, Galvani feels like he's won at this point. 
Galvani is like, what the fuck's up, dude? No, Spencer's gift ball needed. Shut the fuck up down there. You need to live your life by God. And he, he's so confident that Galvani then goes and publishes a book about animal electricity. And listen to this shit, dude. He fucking sends a copy of it to Alessandro Volta's fucking house. Talking shit to him, dude. Sends it to his house. Man, when I read that, I was like, fucking jeep, man. You better have a rebuttal to that because he just... He just razzle-dazzled on you and sent you a copy of the book he wrote, dude. So Alexander Volta's like, fucking fuck that guy. Oh, my God. He did it without the fucking Spencer's gift ball, did he? Oh, my God. Cancel all tour dates. I got to do some science, right? So but Volta's like, I can't. I don't believe in this animal electricity shit, dude. I don't, I don't think this is fucking what it is. So he starts working on it, and he's losing his mind, too. Like, this public that, like, Volta's embarrassed at this point, right? So Volta's like, I, I think it's the metals. I think it's the fucking metals. You had, that, you had that frog on an iron hook, and then you hit that frog with another metal. I think it's the metals that have electrical charge in them that's releasing it. I don't think the frog has electricity in it inherently, man. I don't think that you're releasing electricity from the frog. I think you're making the frog move by stimulating it using electricity from those fucking metals. I just can't prove it. I can't believe that guy sent a fucking book to my house. Fuck. <laughs> Volta's like losing his mind. And here's what he starts trying to do. He starts putting different types of coins on his tongue and in his mouth. And he's like, I can feel it. I'm telling you, I can feel it. I can feel there's some sort of like electrical charge going here. Uh, I'm just putting it by. I'm just putting coins in it. He goes, he's just putting coins in his mouth, different types of coins. And it made me laugh thinking that like, oh man, this better work out for you. Cause like, if he's still like hanging out with chicks and stuff and like just putting coins in his mouth, like if it doesn't work out, then this guy would have had a period in his life where he's just filling his mouth with nickels while he's hanging out with girls and be like, I'm telling you, this is going to work. Like, this guy was way out in space trying this shit. And if it didn't work, he was, I mean, he had to think he was a crazy person, but he's doing experiments. He's like, I believe in it. It's just a low charge because I can't find the right kind of metals. I'm telling you, I'm going to fuck that guy up. So Volta's like, I, I'm a little stuck though. I've been putting coins in my mouth for a minute. I feel like a silly goose. We got to get, how the fuck am I going to figure this out? So he goes back and he looks at Henry Cavendish's research on that torpedo fish. Right, so he's like, he looks up the torpedo fish, and he's like, "How the fuck? I, I bet there's something here, dude. I bet there's something here." So Volta goes and he looks at Cavendish's notes, and he's like, "What is this repeating pattern inside of a dissected torpedo fish? No other animals have this, and this animal is electric. I'm gonna try to replicate that pattern using all these coins that are all gross because I put them in my mouth. <laughs> I'm gonna stack metal." The way that this torpedo fish has this shit inside of it that's stacked up. And I wonder if that'll make it a strong enough electrical charge to be able to prove that motherfucker wrong. So he goes and he gets uh, like his, his final product. And this is in 1799. Volta invents what's, what would later become known as the pile. So Volta goes and he gets uh, like little discs of metal. They look like CD-ROMs. So he puts the disc... Uh, he stacks them. So he puts one down and then he puts a layer of paper that's soaked in water that's diluted with slightly acidic water in between. And then he puts another one, another CD-ROM on top of it, metal. 
and then another slip of paper, and then another metal CD-ROM, and he does that all the way up. So in the end, it looks like a pile of metal, hence the name pile, right? And then he connects wires to the top of it and the bottom of it, and then this is the moment of truth that I really love about this story. Because, <laughs> and I like to think that Volta was so frustrated with this. He was just like, fuck it, dude. So he builds the pile. He connects wires to it. And then he takes both ends of the wires and he puts them on his fucking tongue, dude. He's like, fuck it. I don't care if I die. I got to beat him, dude. I got to be puts it on his fucking tongue. And he feels a much stronger electrical charge. It's successful. Volta's pile is legit, dude. There's no frogs involved. There's no fucking mechanical device. There's no Spencer's gift ball. There's no nothing. Volta has found a way using metal to generate a stream of electricity. And here's the kicker. It's a constant stream of electricity. Volta has invented the first battery without using any fucking animals any he's disproven animal fucking electricity just hasn't done that's done and he's also in the process discovered a way to generate a constant stream of electricity this is fucking huge this not only windmill slams dunks on the other guy who's talking shit galvani that guy's fucking done dude done animal electricity's fucked no way. That guy ends up dying in poverty. Sorry, man. It's a kind of, you know, it's a sad thing, but you got beat so bad. You were just like, oh, fuck it. And got sad and depressed and died in obscurity. Volta becomes massively famous. Volta's pile, dude. Volta dropped a pile on Galvani, dude. He becomes famous as shit. And now this is the point where the human race has gone from, I don't know what the fuck lightning is at all. And I'm terrified of it to, Lightning is the same thing as this shit in a Leiden jar. And this guy Volta invented a way to stack metal up after he's putting coins in his mouth for fucking years and scaring everybody and making his friends worry. He invented this fucking pile. It makes a constant stream of electricity. He's fucking famous now. This is huge. And that's the first battery. Also, I would like to note that Volta's pile is so important because of that constant stream of electricity That opens the gate for future scientists to be able to fuck with a bunch of different shit by using a constant stream of electricity. A Leiden jar would shock and then it would be nothing. But Volta's pile, they can do experiments like a a famous experiment. You probably did this if you went to high school in America uh, where you have an electrical charge and then you put it in water and then the water will separate into gases. It separates into its uh, compounds of – or it separates into its – elements of hydrogen and oxygen h2o so then if you have a way for that gas to escape two different ways the oxygen will go one way and the hydrogen will go another way and then how that classic science experiment ends is that the one jar that has hydrogen in it you put a flame underneath it and it'll pop because hydrogen's combustible but none of that would have been possible without volta's pile and that's why it's such a big fucking deal it opens the, w- the door for future chemistry experiments, future physics experiments, and uh, the Industrial Revolution. Because now you have electricity, so you have this power that you can harness to use and create incredible things with the, in the Industrial Revolution and make the world that we now live in. Uh, I would like to put a liner note in here. Or, I don't know, this is just a fun part. Uh, it doesn't really apply to it, but after they invented Volta's pile... Almost right away, I talked about the experiments they started doing. I mean, they started shocking dead bodies right the fuck away. <laughs> like, almost immediately, they were like, what the fuck happens if we shock a dead guy? Right? It turns out that dead guy fucking sits up straight and scares the shit out of everybody in the room. They didn't know whether or not electricity 
is still technically the work of God or if it's powerful enough, can it do resurrection? Can we shock a dead body back into living? If it'll make that frog move a little bit, well, now we got a constant stream of it and they put, uh, they have a, a battery uh, hooked up to a thing and a, a connecting rod and then they shove a connecting rod down a dead dude's neck and then up his butt and then they turn it on and the guy sits up and fucking twists like crazy. It scares the shit out of everybody. People thought that electricity may be able to resurrect people because of that. And I would like to add that that's also where in 1918, Mary Shelley wrote the book Frankenstein. That's where the, the inspiration, at least partially for Mary Shelley's book, Frankenstein, which would later become movies and all this other shit. The Frankenstein story comes out of this. It comes out of Mary Shelley hearing about this and being like, they're shocking dead bodies because they might be resurrected. Yo, fucking hope not. Jesus Christ. And writes that book that becomes immensely popular in movies. Oh, I would like to put in uh, – I'm going to definitely post this clip on uh, the Instagram oral presentations pod. Uh, this is going to be definitely part of the episode where I put up uh, just pictures that make no sense. But in the 1994 movie Frankenstein – uh, with Robert De Niro in it, there's a scene where, like, the Frankenstein monster, when he comes to life, uh, Dr. Frankenstein, who's the scientist who does it, is like, he's like, the, this, Dr. Frankenstein is wearing leather pants for no reason and no fucking shirt, and he's in great shape, right? So then the monster, aka Robert De Niro in a bunch of makeup, spills out of this giant goo coffin, and then... <laughs> so Robert De Niro is in, like, a bunch of goo, being like, oh, he can't move, and then this, like, Hot for no reason, Dr. Frankenstein in leather pants and fucking no shirt on is like trying to wrestle him up and be like, and they, what's so funny about it is that scene lasts like 45 seconds. There's way too much goop, goo, oil wrestling, whatever the fuck. It's just a really funny fucking scene. So if you want to check that out, 1994, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, when the scene where the monster fucking comes to life is so funny i'm gonna put it on the instagram post it makes me laugh every time i had an ex who pointed that out to me i don't know maybe seven years ago she brought it up to me and it's funny that like so many years later i'm doing an electronic book report on fucking electricity and i remember like oh my god that scene was hilarious fuck anyway so that's episode 11 that is uh Man's discovery of electricity from 1703 to about 1810. Uh, Mary Shelley was 1818, but that wasn't technically an electronic discovery or electrical discovery. That was a book that was written about the aftermath of the electrical discoveries. But I don't know. I'm not really a stickler for anything on this podcast. This shit isn't MLA. You can't source this for a paper. Like this isn't. I try to make it as accurate as I can, but really I just want to learn whatever I'm talking about conceptually as best I can to be able to tell my fucking friends about it. That's kind of the whole point of this, and hence oral presentation. So, all right. Well, hey, that was episode 11. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, that was going to be a supplemental technical thing on electricity. You hear how well I can even describe it? Imagine what a fucking train wreck that's going to be. Definitely tune in for that, either for the actual knowledge that I will fucking talk about or to hear a guy really fucking struggle. <laughs> to explain how electricity works but that's also going to drop this same week so uh, you know check that out um i just like to say thanks for everybody for listening uh for the people who uh, like some people have sent me messages some of the nicest shit i've heard in a while and it's just really nice um so i'll keep on doing episodes hopefully you guys enjoy this one um and thanks so much for listening man have a great week thank you guys